I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running the show solo today. Dale, as usual, gets off on our Thursday episode, so we're going to take you through the show by, by myself today. He'll be back on tomorrow as we predict all the weekend's games and get you ready for Steelers at Jaguars. But we got to talk about some cool stuff here today. Now, atop the website yesterday was my feature that always goes up every week. Um, to DKPittsburghSports.com, Carter's Classroom. And remember, when you're when you're on here, you can read all our featured stuff like this, all our featured content. Um, if, if you're a subscriber to the website, it's $4.99 to subscribe for a month. It's $39.99 to subscribe for a year. Join us now. We have so many fans that enjoy our content. And I wanted to give you an audio component to this as well because... I wanted you to hear from me as I break this down. You can see the film and read what I'm talking about in this article, Carter's Classroom. Now, the article is about Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick and how they create chaos for quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. And I wanted to show because stats don't do it do justice. That's just it's just not enough. It never is for me. That's why I that's why I got the job that I have with DK because. He, you know, when I sit and talk to him, and we talk for hours after games, he will call me, we'll sit, we'll text, we'll do whatever, and we'll, we'll Slack message each other, and we're talking about what we're seeing on film, and we're arguing. Ah, I saw this. No, I saw this, and and it really brings about some interesting discussions. And um, one thing that I that I've been pointing out is that I've loved what the secondary has been working on all season because they continue to provide different looks and different styles and different schemes and disguise them more and more each week. Now, there's a few levels to how you can disguise defense. Now, first thing is that you have to come out and show a good base defense. Now, a base defense just means the initial concept that you're showing. Um, There's several different base looks you can give. You can give a cover two look, which means you have two safeties that are lined up high and back in the defense, Uh, more of a traditional defensive look that everyone's used to, each of them is resp- responsible for half of the field. Those are called uh, half deep half zones, uh, and that shows cover two because there's two guys covering deep. Now, other zones like that that were, that that, you know, that can go work for what this is called is cover one, where there's one guy playing deep, and that's the only person who has that deep responsibility. There's cover three, where obviously three guys are deep. One plays the middle, uh, one plays left, and one plays right. Um, and then there's cover four, where basically you often show that you have two high players, but then two more guys drop back with them. And the thing is that you have basically each of them in in coverage for what's called deep quarters because each of them is covering a deep fourth or quarter of the field. So... Underneath those coverages can be a slew of things. When you're, co- you know, whenever you hear cover two or cover one, it could be most likely cover one is man coverage. But cover two can be cover two man, cover two zone, 
cover three is usually a zone, but there's sometimes the teams will try to fake you out with that. But often, you know, that's just dictating what's happening behind them. But often what happens behind everything with those deep safeties is what's confusing quarterbacks and tricking them about what's underneath. And that's what the Steelers are doing extremely well with Terrell Edmonds and Mika Fitzpatrick. Because when I line up in cover two, usually in cover two, weakness is usually the middle of the field because both of those safeties have to protect the sidelines and their deep halves of the field. So the, the part that usually gets vacated is the middle. So you'll see quarterbacks look for those seam routes. And in this Carter's classroom, I'll show you a few clips where you can see the Steelers are baiting quarterbacks into with, with that lineup. They'll show cover two. Joe Burrows, a, a, a young quarterback, says, okay, cover two's there, seam's there. Now, here's the second level of these disguised coverages is where that cover two shown and you're switching to cover one or switching to cover three. Either of those takes away the middle of the field, makes it harder to target that part of the field and confuses the quarterback or at least slows them up in their progressions just a little bit. Now, when you do that, it's one thing to just go and occupy that space because that's what the Steelers used to try to do with Sean Davis and Mike Mitchell. There were times where you could see that and it would occasionally work because they get in the space. But the next level of that is getting in that space and then applying it to what your opponent is doing, which means you're not just going to the space. You have an idea or you're paying close attention to what part of the field or what routes your opponents are running. And then you're using your assignment, your zone, your, you know, what you're doing to then fly up and, and get close to and take away those options that you know that the offense is coming with. And that's what this group is doing. When you see that cover one coming, usually you have, it's called a cover one robber. A cover one robber simply means everyone else is in man, uh, and there's usually four pass rushers, but the safeties, one is going back and playing deep, the other one is dropping underneath and helping in a zone where they basically have the responsibility. You're, you're given free reign in the middle of the field. Attack what you want to attack, be aggressive. That's where they often put Mika Fitzpatrick. That's why um, he's one of the least targeted safeties in the league. He's been targeted eight times in nine games. In those eight targets, he's given up four completions for zero touchdowns and 40 yards, or 80 yards, excuse me, and he's, get, he's also nabbed two interceptions. So that's one interception for every four times he's targeted. That's ridiculous, and it's also why people stay away from him. And in this game against the Bengals, you could see multiple times where Minka Fitzpatrick looking looking like he's going to cover two. Joe Burrow thinks, hey, underneath or the middle's going to be open. He, he says, let me go there. At the snap of the ball, it's really cover one. Minka comes up, and it takes away his first option. One time it leads to uh, Joe Burrow rushing a pass uh, to, to his receiver outside the numbers and Joe Hayden getting a breakup. Another time it leads to T.J. Watt beating his man and getting a sack that, that pushes the Bengals out of field goal range at the end of the first half. That's the thing that these safeties are doing. It's not just the occasional play. It's not just the interceptions that Minka has. It's not just the tackles that Terrell Edmonds has. These guys are getting it done because they're taking away options for, for opposing quarterbacks. And if you look at the numbers for Terrell Edmonds, even that adds up pretty well for him right now. When you look at Terrell Edmonds' numbers on the year, Pro Football Focus has him giving being targeted 35 times for 20 receptions and 236 yards and just one touchdown so far on the season. There are 18 safeties right now in the NFL who have been targeted about 30 times or more. Of those safeties... The only one that has given up fewer receptions than Terrell Evans is Trey Boston. And Evans has given up only 236 yards. That's sixth of those 18 safeties. And plenty of those safeties, those are the starters. There's a few like Minka who don't get targeted as much. But um, but when you look at those guys, the guys that teams try to pick on, 
the fact that Terrell Edmonds ranks so high in the amount of completions he's allowed of that department speaks highly to what he's doing. Yes, he only has like three breakups on the season. Yes, he hasn't had an interception or a, or a turnover he's contributed to since his rookie year. But he does a lot, and his chemistry with Minka Fitzpatrick is on point. Again, I urge you to go check out my Carter's Classroom column on DKPittsburghSports.com uh, talking about this safety issue. You'll see all the film, all the stats, all the breakdowns there right on the website. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have more for you on your Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on the DK Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. I wanted to talk about something that hasn't been talked about enough yet because I see a usually a either or in this discussion. And I'm letting you know you can have it your way with both in this situation. What am I talking about? Steelers fans, I'm talking about the secondary with Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton. Now, the classic question that has existed really since the start of last season is we know that Mike Hilton is going to be due for a payday. They can't keep him as a restricted free agent forever. This is the last season they can do that. We also know that Cam Sutton's rookie contract is up at the end of this season. So the question has been, who do you play more this season and who do you pay after the season? Because you want to keep at least one of these guys for because they've been they're both very good slot cornerbacks for this team. Now Mike Hilton at the start of this season was a very, was a huge player for the Steelers. I believe he had three sacks. He had a huge game changing interception against Deshaun Watson and the Texans. He's been a big part of stopping the run, rushing the quarterback, helping in out and underneath coverage. But then he got hurt against the Browns and he went out. And Cam Sutton came in. And since Cam Sutton's been in against the Ravens, against the Cowboys, and against the Bengals, he has forced three a fumble in each of his uh, the last three games. He also looked very good against the Titans. 
And now people are wondering with Mike Hilton, you know, so with Mike, Mike Tomlin feels feels confident or optimistic, as, as the quote says, uh, that he that uh, Mike Hilton will be back this week. So a lot of people are asking, well, wait a minute, does that mean that you take Cam Sutton off the field? And I tell you right now, no, it does not. It just means that you use both of them. Remember that Antoine Brooks saw like 28 snaps last week. Antoine Brooks, a rookie safety, a fifth round pick, saw the field a ton last week. Where do you think Cam Sutton will go when Mike Hilton comes back in or vice versa? They're not going to take those guys off the field and leave those guys on the field. They're, they're going to put Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton out there and let them work their chemistry on different parts of the field and let those young guys continue to learn. And even if they don't go to those formations where they don't have as many guys lurking over the middle part of the field, they will use Cam Sutton to line up outside instead of Justin Lane and allow, and allow Mike Hilton to do what he does at the slot cornerback position. Either way, Mike Hilton coming back does not mean that Cam Sutton has to be used less in the defense. And in fact, I think this will give them the confidence to use both of them more, especially as the team continues to compensate for not having Devin Bush. And as much as we tend to forget that Devin Bush isn't in, the Steelers, I, I assure you, do not because they are working every week to provide different looks in the defense so that when teams try to pick up Robert Spillane and Vince Williams and Avery Williamson and, and, and Marcus Allen and whoever else is lining up in that middle part of the field, they're seeing different looks because the Steelers are able to do so many different things with, the, with, with their secondary and with the guys that help them. And part of that, like I said, is Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick, them coming underneath, them disguising what they're doing, them running with running backs and wide receivers. The Steelers have given up this is the second fewest yards to running backs in the air and the third fewest yards to tight ends in the air. And that's no, there's no mistaking that what they're doing on the inside is working. And that's, that, you know, Cam Sutton's helping out with that. Mike Hilton's been helping out with that. Terrell Edmonds helps, helps out with that. Even Joe Hayden, he took, he, he tackled Ezekiel Elliott on a, on a big run, a run, a run play where they, where the Cowboys were trying to set up a big one. That's the thing about the middle part of the defense. The depth is such an asset that it will be used, especially to help protect Robert Spillane from having to do too much in pass coverage. That's again why I told you right on this show a month ago when Derek when, when Devin Bush went down, I said this is a much different Steelers team and this isn't going to have the same impact. And you see this defense is still playing at a high level without him. And that's again not a slight at Devin Bush because I think that when he was in, he was doing a very good job and he was developing and he was learning. And I think that moving forward, you're going you're gonna to like him in the coming years. But this is a situation where the Steelers are able to say, you know what, we're in a fortunate situation where we are, uh, we're loaded with depth, we're loaded with talent, and we can move guys around and get things done. So remember that when you're, ta- when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, who, you know, whether or not Cam Sutton should play more, Mike Hilton should play more. There's plenty of snaps to go around right now, especially with the way that the defense is, is playing is, is playing this, this year, and especially with the way that offenses are lining up, because, you know, again, you look at how offenses have been, they're extremely aggressive with the pass game, you know, uh, and, and again, both of these guys help against the run, Cam Sutton's not afraid of tackling, Mike Hilton, sure enough, isn't, isn't afraid of tackling, you know, and you got some, you got some big running games to stop coming up, you got James Robinson, who's been, a, you know, arguably the surprise of the year at, you know, at the running back position, and went from undrafted rookie to, at one point, he was the number two fantasy running back in football, Remember, that was the guy that Dale said I was stupid for trading for. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, and then still, you got to face Lamar Jackson the week after that. You got to face Antonio Gibson the week after that. You got to face Josh Allen and his crew the week after that. You got to face the Bengals again with Joe Mixon, who probably will be healthy by then after that. Then you got to face Jonathan Taylor after that. And then you got to face Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt again in their house after that. They've got some serious running talent coming up. But part of the answer is going to be having these guys healthy to move around, confuse quarterbacks, but also be aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Blitz from different different areas. And hey, let your other line let your linebackers be the aggressors and then let those guys in Sutton and Hilton back them up and say, hey, we got the coverage underneath. We're gonna take away the tight ends. We're gonna take away the running backs. You just focus on beating your man, getting to the quarterback, and making his life a living hell. Speaking of hell, Art Browse. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, it's don't get me started. What what got me started? Find out after this. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started with people worried about the uh, about, about you know being 19 and 0 or undefeated in the end of the season and whether or not that's going to have a lasting impact on the Steelers season. This is don't get me started the rant segment of the Steelers pod of the DK Steelers podcast. Now, this sparks from a, a question. It is a good question um, by my man Anthony Wiggins. He runs the Locked On Jaguars podcast. I talked to him on the Locked On Steelers podcast for Crossover Thursdays, and he asked me a question that has been on fans' brains for quite some time in Steelers Nation. And that question uh, was whether or not the Steelers... Uh, should, should the Steelers just lose a game so they can go 15-1 and and get the loss out of their system before they go to the playoffs and then have to worry about, you know, instead of worrying in the playoffs, oh, we're undefeated and adding undue pressure to them, if it's better to lose that game or then to, then to go into the, to the, to the playoffs undefeated. Personally, I think that's just not true. Don't do it. Don't you get to get that thought out of your head. I understand as a fan, you may not want that pressure because you'll be sitting there like, oh gosh, they haven't lost, they haven't lost. Ah, he's waiting on the brains. And the 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 margin between winning and losing in the NFL, excuse me, in the NFL is so razor thin. It's so tiny that when people when people win, people are like, oh, you're great. When people lose, they say, oh, you stink. Um, or in the Steelers' case, they win and they still say you stink because they don't think that you've beaten a good enough opponent. But point being is that winning and losing doesn't isn't the end-all be-all of whether or not you're actually a, you know, you've worked hard and that you came with a good game plan. Winning and losing is the end-all and be-all of whether or not you're getting your job done because that's what defines in the sport. But I, I think it's a reminder to people that, you know, the harshness that fans feel or that, that people or even analysts give when they get when they look at teams that lose a game or two, uh, they're like, oh, they lost because they stunk in this and this is a complete letdown on their part um, and they have to just chalk it up and just go a complete other direction. No, 
Sometimes you've got the chips on your side and it just didn't work your way. That doesn't mean you stop using your system. If Bill Cowher did that in the in the two thousand in the in the mid two thousands after two thousand four when he lost in the AFC Championship for what the one two was that the third time the fourth time fourth time in his career that he lost in the AFC Championship game if he had broken his mold and changed up ah forget defense we're not we're gonna worry about defense moving forward we're just gonna try and we're gonna add more firepower we're we're gonna flip up everything just flip everything upside down I'm gonna switch everything up they wouldn't have had the two thousand five season. The 2005 season came because they stuck to their guns, and eventually it it, it it came through because they knew they had a good team. They knew they had a great team that was a, that eventually could figure out figure it out and get on the run. That's the same thing that goes for Mike Tomlin's teams. Even when they're struggling, you and the Roonies. This is why they're the Roonies. This is why the Steelers have only had three head coaches since 1969. Since most people have been alive, they've only had three head coaches, and. In that time, all three of them have Super Bowl championships. This is the model of consistency that is the Steelers, and this is why I don't challenge it. I look at this as this question of whether or not they, they should lose a game on purpose. I, I think that right now, they are learning every week about how thin the margin is between winning and losing. I mean, look at their last few games. Not the Bengals game, of course, but against the Cowboys. Last play of the game, Mika Fitzpatrick knocks the ball down. Ravens, last play of the game. Mika Fitzpatrick knocks the ball down in the end zone both times. The week before that, Titans game. Steven Goskowski misses a field goal that would have set the Titans to overtime, and the Steelers end up winning. The Steelers have won by one possession, what, five times this year, I think? That, to me, says a lot about this, this team. Even the rookies and the new players like Eric Ebron, they know what it takes to win. They know what it takes, that what, 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 what might happen when you lose. And for those who think that, well, this team doesn't know what losing's like, tell that to the guys who were on the 8-8 eight eight team last year. They know what losing's like. They don't want to go through that again. Ben Roethlisberger knows what that's like. Now, granted, nobody on this roster knows what it's like to be, to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and to have a losing season because that's not happened under Mike Tomlin. I mean, heck, Ben Roethlisberger, it hasn't happened to him at all once in his career, even before Mike Tomlin. But the point is, is that with this team, and the way that they're built, and the way they've been winning, I don't think they need a lesson of, oh, this is the pain when that you experience when you lose. Or I don't think they need to worry about, you know, to, uh, I don't think you need to worry about, man, what's this team going to be like when they're in the AFC Championship game or the AFC Divisional Round or the Super Bowl even, and they're thinking we have the chance to be undefeated. They've been playing on pins and needles most of this season. How many games have come down to that wire point? I just talked about it over the place. There's been so many points where this team has had to stay focused and locked in and they've come out on top. I think they're used to it. I think they welcome it. I think it excites them. And them staying undefeated, I don't think it's some hindrance. I know that, I know that some of you out there, just they, you want to get it out the way. Because you're tired of hearing people saying, well, eventually they're going to lose, eventually they're going to lose, eventually they're going to lose. And then when they lose, then you're thinking, all right, now they're hungry. No, they're hungry right now. Mike Tomlin said in the press conference that they're not perfect. They need to get better. They have serious places where they need to grow, like the run like the run game. I really think, man, this Steelers team, they're living on the edge. And they're enjoying living on the edge. And that enjoyment of it, whether or not they're undefeated going into the playoffs. 
is going to be a key factor when they're in those moments in the playoffs. Because I, 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 I guarantee you this. I don't think there's going to be a point this season where they're out of they're out of a game. Whether it's in the regular season or in the playoffs. If, if there's a point where they're about to lose or they might lose a game, it's going to be late and they're going to have a chance to fight back. And we know that this team, on offense and defense knows what it's like to fight back and claw out a win because they've done it so many times this season. And so many times in the season where they're 9-0. They're not 9-0 the way that, you know, college teams. And, you know, Mike Tomlin said, you know, we're not a Big Ten team playing a MAC team. Also, a hilarious note, Ben Roethlisberger said, well, ask uh, Mike Tomlin what conference William & Mary is in. That was actually pretty funny in his comeback to that because, of course, Ben Roethlisberger came from MAC team in Miami, Ohio. But I digress. This isn't like college football where a team can coast through an, a, conf, a conference schedule and then get to play someone in a big bowl game and then they get crushed because they don't know what it's like to face a, an opponent that gets in their grill like that. People are in their grill every single day in this league. They know that challenge. And I think they'll rise to that challenge throughout the season. Whether or not they'll win it all, that's often, oftentimes that comes down to the flip of a coin. It comes down to, some, some, again, it's so razor thin between winning and losing. But I guarantee you this, they're not going to blink when they're in that situation. If they lose, they'll lose They'll lose on their feet. If they win, they'll win on their feet. They'll be putting forth their best effort. And they'll be doing everything that they can to make sure that they can pull out the win in a big situation. But y'all got me started. And it's been Don't Get Me Started here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Really appreciate everyone following along. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with Dale Lolly. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a five-star review with a positive comment. Um, any five-star reviews and any positive comments are really appreciated. Thanks so much uh, for those who have. Um, remember, subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. We appreciate everyone in the DK Pittsburgh sports family. Um, please come out and listen to our stuff. Please subscribe to the website. We're $4.99 a month, $39.99 a year. Um, we've got a lot of great stuff there. My Carter's Classroom column, all the Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, Duquesne, all of that right on the website for you to read every single day. Be back in your ears tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. See you then.